Hi, my name is Savannah Godswick, and I'm on media staff. You're listening to week three of the False Creek podcast. The speaker for week three was Todd Sanders, and we had 4,883 students in attendance. Enjoy. If you have your Bibles, turn to the book of John, chapter 8. We're going to be looking at the last of the seven, uh, which is really the second of the seven, uh, of these metaphorical I am statements of Jesus in the, in the gospel of John. And you know what? Our, have you guys enjoyed uh, Soul Society this week? Let's just uh, one more time appreciate them. And again, like I said earlier this week, that's not to make much of them. That's just to say thank you for making themselves available um, and giving their gifts and abilities, talents to serve the Lord and lead us um, in worship this week. It's been good to worship with you guys. It's been good to crack open the word with you in this evening time. And um, just a little review, we've been looking at these statements and we started off the week talking about the idea that we all have this deep need, right? The deep need in our life, um, a need for a number of different things. And the first night we looked at Jesus as the what? The bread of life, giving us satisfaction, okay? Um, and then the second night we looked at um, Jesus uh, being the the, the uh, resurrection and the life. And then we looked at Jesus being um, the good shepherd. Um, and then we looked at Jesus last night being the true vine. And so in that, we have our need for satisfaction, our need for love, belonging, for life, not just eternal, but abundant, met in Jesus. And then last night, we talked about that purpose that he's called us to, that, that cause that he's connected us with. And tonight, we're going to look at the idea of Jesus being our hope. Jesus being our hope. I'm convinced, and I think you'll agree, I don't think uh, you, you can really argue this point, even if you just open up uh, your social media feed and see the news that our world is in need of hope. And Jesus gives us a great picture in Scripture about how he provides hope to those in need of hope as we look at this. And let me just read this. I'm going to pray for us, and we're going to jump in tonight. We're going to be focusing in on this one verse here in John chapter 8, verse 12. When Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Let's pray together. Father, you're so good to us. We commit this time to you. We pray you would guide us in your truth tonight. Um, we thank you for what you've done in this place already, what you're doing in our lives. Uh, for those that have responded to you on whatever level they've come and said, I'm listening to the voice of the Lord. I want to be obedient to the Lord. God, we thank you for what we've seen happen. And God, we pray that just because it's Friday night, we wouldn't hold back. We would open our hearts and minds. We would run hard into you. And God, that you would continue to work in us what you want, and that we would be not just open and not just listening, but once we hear, we would respond. So we commit this time to you. And God, we ask tonight that you would do what only you can do, and that's save souls. We ask that you do what only you can do, and that's change lives. And God, lead us to that end. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So here we are um, in this uh, second metaphorical statement, and Jesus um, says, I am the light of the world. Now, let's talk about some facts about light. Um, um, you've been in physical science, or um, you know, even in elementary school, you start learning facts about life. Light travels how quickly? 186,000 miles per second, right? Um, light allows us to see. So light has a lot of benefits to it. Um, it allows us to see. The strength of light depends upon the amount of energy in each 
photon. There are a lot of different spiritual applications that we could run down the path of tonight. Um, we're going to look at a couple of them as we talk, um, but there are just some facts about life that we can remember and be familiar with and maybe apply to our spiritual lives. Um, when we think about light, um, there are visible and invisible spectrum of light, right? Um, our eyes see the visible spectrum of light, and what are the initials or what is the acronym that we use to describe that, you know? Roy G. Biv, right? So um, Roy G. Biv, red, orange, yellow, green, blue, indigo, violet, like these are the colors that um, our eyes can pick up. Ultraviolet light is not visible, so there's this visible light and this invisible light, right? So if we're applying that spiritually, right, there's a light that is in us that very visibly shines out of us. And so light can be applied to our lives, not just physically, but also as we look at, and practically, but also very spiritually that plays out in our lives. Um, light travels straight until it hits a substance, okay, that it interferes with, that interferes with it, and it, and it bends it, right? Light can be bent through substances at different uh, rates and at different angles, depending on the substance. Um, you can direct light, right? We see that in here, right? We can direct light to different parts of the stage, so you can harness its power. Um, it warms things. We all uh, experienced that today, right? And yesterday, it was hot, right? And why? Because there's a big fireball in the sky, right? It's this burning ball of light, of energy that's beaming down on us and heating up the earth. So it can warm things. It can be damaging um, if it's not um, considered, if we don't consider it and, and how we interact with it. But uh, plants convert it, right, to food um, through photosynthesis. They, they um, convert it to food. Um, plants exchange carbon dioxide and, and release oxygen, right? So in that regard, it literally sustains life. It literally sustains life. Um, and it's interesting to me that when we think about light, we're going to be looking at that versus dark tonight. Okay, so we're going to talk about dark a little bit as we go. But as we think about light, and we think about Jesus' metaphor that he uses here, I am the light of the world. Um, what, what I want us to see from this passage is what Jesus is saying, um, that he gives us hope in the darkness. We need light and light is broken down, or it breaks down the darkness when Jesus comes on the scene. What does this picture of Jesus reveal about Jesus meeting our need for hope? Let's just look in the passage and take phrase by phrase. And here's the first thing that I want us to see is Jesus is light. Okay, remember, we've been looking at these statements. He makes a claim to deity at the first of all these statements, I am. It identifies him with Father God back in the Old Testament. And the claims of Christ um, are saying this, I am God, I am here, I will always be here, I always have been here. Whatever you're going through, whatever you face, wherever I send you, this is me. I am, all right? So he's claiming he is God, and then he says, I am the light of the world. Before we start talking about light here, let's think about the world, right? So world could be just creation, all right? Um, but it could be the world powers, the forces, the rulers, the world system. And let's push this a little further. Humanity, lost humanity, and you and I are included in that group. And so Jesus says, I am the light of the world. He is our light. He is our hope. He breaks into the darkness and bring, brings hope where there is no hope. Hope where there is no hope. So for you and for me and for life, he is light. He is light. I am the light of the world. Jesus is light. He's my light. 
Now, when we think of light in terms of Scripture, okay, let's talk about the biblical idea of light and how it's used. We see it um, representing God, representing Christ, okay? Um, we see that uh, um, the Lord is my, uh, the, the light of my salvation, okay? We see this multiple times in Scripture, Jesus, God, being referred to as light. As a matter of fact, turn back to Isaiah. Earlier this week, we were talking about these pictures of God in the Old Testament or Jesus being revealed in the Old Testament. Isaiah chapter 9, a couple of different places here. Isaiah chapter 9, verses 2, verses 6. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of shadow of death, a light has dawned. Verse 6. For unto us a child is born, a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Jesus breaks in to the darkness and brings hope to those in captivity. And Jeff was praying earlier about Jesus breaking into our world and, and, and taking care of our sin. For those of us who are trapped in sin tonight, those of us who are uh, bound by darkness, Jesus wants to break in and take your sin. And for those of us um, who may have trusted in Christ and we have at some point in time given our life to him and we have salvation in him, um, so often we're going to talk about it here as we go along, we get, we get sidetracked by the darkness, right? And we start shutting off the lights until we live in a place that looks much different than the lit up place that God wants us to live. And so not if we're, we may not be trapped in sin because we've never given our life to Christ, but maybe we're held back because we're not willing to embrace the light of Christ. Jesus is our light. So biblical light represents God. It represents Christ. It represents righteousness. It represents purity. Um, it represents holiness. It represents holiness. And so light is a picture of this life we're to live in Jesus. Light in Scripture also represents truth. You know, we talked about um, in our morning times this week that Jesus is our truth. He's our answer. Light represents truth in Scripture. It represents um, the redeemed. It represents right doctrine, right teaching, the things that are true about God. It represents truth. So a question, if Jesus is the light, and we see that in Scripture, I am the light of the world. If Jesus is our light, do you have the light? Do you have the light of Christ in you? Has the light of Christ um, shown in your life? Has he changed you? Do you have hope in Christ? Do you have hope in Christ? Um, John chapter 1 verses 4 and 5, scripture says this, In him was life, and that life was the light of men. Jesus' life brings light. The light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not understood it. Um, the translation there, overcome it. Dark cannot stand against light. And so listen, church, if we have Christ in our life, there is no reason why the darkness should overtake the society in which we live and those we interact with or our own lives because the light of Christ is in us and we are meant to shine it forth. The darkness cannot overcome the light. Let's just do this little illustration here. We have a little light beaming in from the outside. There might be some ambient light in the room, but um, here's what I want you to do. I want you to, um, it, it might be a, a little scary for some of you. We're going to shut the lights off, okay? And I just want us to feel a little bit of darkness, right? So lights are going to come down. I just want you to feel a little darkness in the room tonight. And let's see if we can get it as dark as we can get it in here. 
Now, besides, besides our glow worms in the back here, we have some screens running, but listen, it's pretty dark in here. Now listen up, listen up. When we're in darkness, darkness breeds fear, it breeds, it breeds clumsiness, lack of direction. We can't see in the dark as well as in the light. But scripture says that darkness did not understand, cannot overcome the light. Jesus is light. So let's have a little light. Okay, you can back off that. Let's make it dark again. One more time, a little light. There we go. Okay. Now we can bring the house lights up, all right? So listen, what happens, students, when our eyes adjust to darkness, um, the cells in our eyes, they rework, right, to help us make out shadows and, and some general form. But listen, when light strikes our eyes, um, have you ever been in a place where someone, like maybe in your cabin this week it happened and you're laying in bed and it's dark and it's at night, um, you, you're about to drift off to sleep and you're kind of in, in, in and out of it and someone like turns on the light really fast and turns it right back off? Okay, that's very painful, okay? It's painful. And so when we get adjusted to the dark and light shines, it makes a difference on us. You know how I was talking earlier this week about my 40-year-old eyes, okay? How many adults in the room can attest when you hit 40, your vision started to go, okay? Or how many students can attest, yeah, my vision go. I have wear glasses or contacts. And the light make it worse. Uh, Gavin, who uh, you've seen in and out, he helps us backstage. He manages us back here um, in the evenings. Um, and Jaden in the mornings, we have two staffers that are back there um, each day with us. And um, like those lights back there, when the red lights are on, and that's all that, it, I can't even read the paper unless I, I have to go find a different light and I can hold it way back because it just all blends together, right? The light is not good enough for me to see correctly. Listen, when light shines in our life, it should help us see clearly, walk clearly, act clearly. It shines in our life and it makes a difference and it overcomes the darkness. Do we have the light of Christ? And when we see that passage there in, in John chapter 1, we also see the qualities of Jesus as the Word of God. Um, this light in Christ that comes from God um, and, and shines through the Spirit of God in the world. But listen, it's also shared by those who have responded to the gospel. And so Jesus is the light. If we have the light, then that light's in us. And we should shine the light forward. And so as we wrap up camp, I think there's a really good question for us. Do we have the light and will we live the light? So the first thing is, Jesus is light. Say that after me. Jesus is light. Here's the second thing. You can follow Jesus. You can follow Jesus. Oh, good. That's good. Yeah. Uh, let's look in the passage right here. Good job. Good job. I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me. Whoever follows me. If you come to me, you, get, you can stop repeating. Um, when, you, when you come to me, you give your life to me, you can have the light in you. And Jesus says, you're a follower. Whoever follows me, you can follow Jesus. Jesus is the light, and you can follow Jesus. You can have the light of Christ. Listen, students, I want all eyes right here. Listen, Jesus is for you, and Jesus is for me. Adults, listen, Jesus is for you, and Jesus is for me. 
Jesus is the light, and you can follow Jesus. I am the light of the world, whoever follows me. So question, not only do you have the light, but do you follow Jesus? Do you follow Jesus? Have you given your life to him? Um, Do you want to? Listen, I know for many of you have responded this week, but I know there are some of the rooms still that God is drawing you. And he's calling out to you. And he's saying, come tonight. Come to me. Give your heart to me. Give your life to me. I am the light and you can follow me. Do you follow Jesus? Do you want to? Um, There's a song called Reckless Love. Has anyone heard the song Reckless Love? Now, some people feel good about that song. There's a great line in that song. Let me read it to you. It says this, I couldn't earn it. I don't deserve it. Still you give yourself away. Still you give yourself away. I don't deserve the love of God. I don't deserve the light of Christ. I I don't deserve this life that he offers me. I didn't earn it. I couldn't earn it. But you give yourself away anyways. Romans 5, 8, we've heard it earlier this week. God demonstrates his love for us in this, that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. There's one great God, one great God. Point at your neighbor and say, hey, there's one great God. And now listen, it says there's one great God, this one true living almighty God who didn't need anything from us. Um, We couldn't impress him. Listen, everything that we bring to him, he's given us anyways. Listen up. Everything that he's given us, we try to bring back to him and go, God, look how good I am. But it all belongs to him anyways. He created us and he's placed everything in us that we have. And we try to say, God, I'm so impressive. But this one great God, he didn't need us. But he looked into our biggest problem. Point at your neighbor and say, you have a problem. Point, hey, point back at him and you say, oh yeah, you do too. All right. Now, how many of you, how many of you would say it felt good to get that off your chest? Yeah. I know it's been a long week, right? You've been waiting to tell someone that. Man, I've had it with you. But Stephen, you have a problem. Right? So listen. All right. Group participation is over for now. All right? But listen, students. This one great God, he looked into our biggest problem. But God demonstrates his love for us in this, that while we were yet sinners... I was broken in relationship with him. I was separated from him forever. I had no way to get back to him. But God, but God, he gave us a way. There's one great hope. Say one great hope. And that's in Jesus Christ. And what he's done for us on the cross, I didn't deserve it. I couldn't earn it. But he gave himself away for me. So I can be made right in relationship with the holy God through a perfect Savior. And students, Jesus wants to be your life, light tonight. He wants to be your life. He wants to give you hope in the darkness. And I know some of you are here. And you're walking through life. And you're hurting and you're broken, and you feel like um, no one's on your side. 
and you feel like there's no hope, but Jesus is your hope. Jesus is light. We can follow Jesus. He wants to be your hope. He wants to be your light. And then the next thing is this. Listen, if he has you, if you belong to him, if you follow Jesus, if you have the light of Christ in you, if you have the hope of Christ in you, Jesus leads you in the light. Jesus leads you in the light. Look what he says here further in this verse. I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness. Jesus is light. You can follow Jesus, and Jesus leads you in the light. And so this is a huge, huge part of this message tonight for those of us who are in Jesus, and that's for us to examine whether we're walking in darkness or walking in light. And so if you can imagine a big meter right now on this stage, and on the left is dark, and on the right is light. If I were to say, place your somewhere, uh, yourself somewhere on this big meter, right? We'll, for scientific purposes, call the, the lightometer, okay? So where would you place yourself? Do you have Christ in you, or are you walking according to the light of Christ, or do you live somewhere in the darkness? Are you trying to have two feet firmly planted in two different worlds, in sin and in Jesus? Listen, students, it doesn't work that way. If we have the light of Christ in us, we no longer walk in darkness. We can no longer walk in darkness. We walk in the light of Christ. Jesus, light leads me out of darkness. We will never walk in darkness. Listen, when it says walk in scripture, right, where light is talking about God or Christ or righteousness, morality, purity, truth. When it says walk here, that means our daily conduct is everything we do on a daily basis. I had a friend that would say this, a thousand times a day we have an opportunity to choose light over dark, God over sin. It's a thousand times a day decision, right? Every little thing we do. Are we live in the dark, we live in the light. And there are no decisions that are neutral. They're going to push us deeper into Christ, or they're going to push us away. Are we walking in the light of life? We will never walk in darkness. Listen, students, we can walk in Jesus. We can walk in Jesus, and we no longer have to walk in the darkness. We no longer have to walk in despair with no hope, a self-centered life full of sin and strife, unforgiveness, hopelessness. We don't have to walk in that. We can walk in the light of Christ according to the Spirit of God in our lives. And the Spirit is this, and what comes out of us becomes the, sp uh, the Spirit is um, love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. This is the evidence of the Spirit in our lives, and it's the natural outflow of the Spirit's work in our lives. So is that what comes out of us, or is dark coming out of us? If we listen to the lies of the world for satisfaction and life and belonging, connection, fulfilling some other purpose other than Christ, or are we firmly living in the light of Christ? Where are we tonight? The light keeps us from the enemy. And so what is dark in Scripture? If, if, if light is those things we talked about, dark, it would be the opposite, right? It stands for, uh, represents Satan. It represents um, the enemy. It represents impurity, unrighteousness, wrongdoing. It represents uh, error, false doctrine. Everything that is against God is the darkness. So are we walking against God? Or are we walking according to Christ? Do you walk in light? Do you walk in the dark? Is Jesus your Lord? Is Jesus your Lord? 
Students, listen, Jesus pushes back the darkness, and he makes all things new. He makes all things new. Um, let's look in our Bibles here at 1 John chapter 5. 1 John chapter 5, if you'll flip over. 1 John, 2 John, 3 John, written by the same author as John's gospel, right? And so these are more of the writings, and so a lot of the themes are the same, and we're going to see some of those same words that we've seen throughout the book of John. But here's what it says in verses uh, 5 through 10 in 1 John. This is the message we have heard from him and declare to you. God is light, in him there is no darkness at all. If we claim to have fellowship with him, yet walk in the darkness, we lie and don't live by the truth. But if we walk in the light... As he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just, and will forgive our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. If we claim we have not sinned, we make him out to be a liar, and his word has no peace in our lives. Listen, students, we are broken by sin. We can't pretend we're not. And we've been separated from a holy God forever if something doesn't change. We're lost, hopeless, helpless, dying, done. We have no hope without Jesus, but Jesus is our light. Jesus is our hope. We can walk in the light and no longer have to walk in darkness. And so it's not, like I said earlier today, it's not just what um, God has called us away from, it's what he's called us to. And so it's not like we're just hoping, um, God, can I stay away from sin? No, it's I run toward the Father um, in pursuit of him each and every day in my life so I can live a life that honors him and live a life that is, is lived according to the Spirit, alive and active in my life, and I can live a light of life and light in my, in my life. I can live this light. I can live this life. What is God calling you tonight? Is he calling you into the light to have the light of life, to restore your hope, to be led out of darkness and into the light of life. That's the last thing in this passage we want to look at. Jesus says um, here in um, John's Gospel, chapter 8, verse 12, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Students, you don't have to walk according to a sinful life. You don't have to dabble in the darkness. No matter what the world says, a friend says, no matter what your heart says inside of you or your mind tries to tell you, you don't have to do that. You and Jesus can live the light of life. You can live the light of life. But listen, I've sat where you sit and I've, I've led enough groups to camp, and I've done this long enough that I know that many of you are going to be like that group in, in John chapter 6 that pushes close to Jesus this week, and you listen to his teaching, and you hear about him, and you've heard the gospel, and you've heard how to live life and how he wants life for you. You're going to push in and hear that, and it's going to be too much for you, and you're going to push away, and you're going to turn away and not believe and not trust. If you're a believer... You're going to walk away and it's not going to make a difference in your life and you'll disengage and disconnect from the things of faith. And you'll live in darkness and you'll continue to walk in darkness, clouded, your vision, your heart, your mind clouded from what God, uh, for, from what God has for you. To see Jesus and the mystery of the gospel come to life in your life. Jesus restores our hope. He satisfies me. He gives me life. He includes me. He loves me. He gives me purpose. He gives me a cause. His light is in me and it shines through me. It overcomes the darkness. He takes away my sin and he makes me whole. 
If we're God's children, it's time for us to own it. It's time for us to own it. It's time for us to commit to live as light. Let's look at some more biblical encouragements here. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 8. Turn to Ephesians 5, verse 8. God's word says, For you once were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of the light, for the fruit of righteousness consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. And find out what pleases the Lord. God has called us as his children to live differently, to live as light. Um, 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 3 through 11, we've mentioned it this week. His divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. Through these, he has given us every great and precious, uh, his very great and precious promises, so that through them you may participate in the divine nature and escape the corruption of the world caused by evil desires. For this reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness, your goodness knowledge, knowledge, self-control, self-control, perseverance, perseverance, godliness, and to godliness, brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness, love. Jesus is our cause, right? For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus. But if anyone does not have them, he is nearsighted and blind and has forgotten that he has been cleansed from his past sins. Therefore, my brothers, be all the more eager to make sure of your calling and election. For if you do these things, you will never fail and you will receive a rich welcome into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. God's called us to live a different life. Not because of our own goodness, but by his glory and goodness. We live a life that mirrors that. We live a life that flows out of his light, his hope in us. We live lives of light and hope. And if we're not living lives of light and hope, there's a warning for us. Do I belong to the light? Do I belong to Jesus? Do I have hope in Christ? Am I living a lie? It says make sure of your calling and election. Is there evidence of Christ in your life? Make sure of your calling and election. Test it. Prove it. Show it with fruit from your life, right? Bear much fruit. Is God um, uh, holding on to you in a way, and are you grabbing hold of him in a way that is producing this fruit, this light, this hope that God has called us to? And what does it say? If we are sure of our calling and election, if we have these things evidence in our life and we belong to the Lord, Right? If we belong to him, it says you will receive what? A rich welcome into the kingdom, eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior. Now, it doesn't say here what the opposite of a rich welcome is. But I know when I talk to people and when I come into a place, and I know for certain when I step into eternity at the end of my life, which we said earlier this week all of us will at some point, when, I, when that happens, man, I want the rich welcome. I want to hear, well done, my good and my faithful servant. And so students, adults, tonight, are we living lives that will receive a rich welcome into the kingdom because of Jesus in our life, active and alive and growing what's coming out of the life in Christ that we have? Are we living as light? Great picture of light. Um, uh, many of you may re have read the message, uh, uh, paraphrase the message uh, Bible, uh, Matthew 5, 13 through 16. I want to read this. It says, let me tell you why you're here. You're here to be salt seasoning that brings out the God flavors of this earth. If you lose your saltiness, how will people taste godliness? You've lost your usefulness and it will end up in the garbage. 
Here's another way to put it. You're here to be light, bringing out the God colors in the world. God is not a secret to be kept. We're going public with this. As, a, as public as a city on a hill, if I make you um, light bearers, you don't think I'm going to hide you under a bucket, do you? I'm putting you on a light stand. Now I have put you there on a hilltop, on a light stand. Shine. Keep open house. Be generous with your lives. Be opening up to others. You'll prompt people to open up with God, this generous Father in heaven. So are we the salt and the light that God has called us to so when they see our good deeds and they see our life and they see the light in us that something is different and something has changed, are they responding to the Father? Are they glorifying our Father who is in heaven? Is that the kind of life we're living? If Jesus is our light and we follow him, he leads us out of darkness and he leads us in the light of life. He leads us in the light of life. Romans chapter 12 Verses 1 and 2. I pray um, uh, the, uh, the, this uh, coming off the doxology, the prayer at the end of Romans chapter 11, uh, Paul writes to, to, to the church in Rome and he urges them, right? He's urging them to live lives as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is just what we ought to do, he says. And that we wouldn't be conformed to this world, but we would be transformed by the renewing of your mind. This is the picture of living as light in a dark world. Living a life that stands out. Living a life that's difference, uh, different. Living a life that makes a difference. Living a life of impact. So is the light in Christ in us coming out and showing up in hope? 1 Peter uh, chapter 1. 1 Peter chapter 1. Or 3, I'm sorry. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 15. 1 Peter 3, 15. God's word says... Um, but in your heart, set apart Christ Jesus as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks, to give a reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. So our lives are not just lived so people can see how we live, but we're also willing to state to them the reason for the hope that we have and give them the good news of Jesus to reveal the mystery of the gospel, to be disciple makers, to fulfill this mission that God has called us, each and every one to, every believer throughout all of time. He's given us this mission. Will we go? Will we tell? Will we be the holy people that God has called us to be? Do you want life tonight? Do you want light tonight? Do you want hope tonight? Do you want to live those? You can. You can. Jesus is light. We can follow Jesus, and he leads us out of darkness, and he leads us in the light of life. Listen, trust Christ to have the light of Christ in you the hope of Christ in you, life in him, and that life will come out of you. That life will come out of you. And so the message tonight is this, is Jesus is our hope. Do you have the hope? And if you do have the hope, are you living the hope? If you have the light of Christ, are you living light of Christ? Is that what you are bringing to the table each and every day? So tonight as we wrap up, listen, the invitation is to hope tonight. It's just to hope. And to respond to what God has shown us in his word, um, that we can have life in him, the light of life. We can live in the light and the hope of Jesus. And listen, some of you tonight, you're tired of living like dark, hopeless and wandering, drifting, just feeling your way through. And Jesus wants to shine his light tonight in your life so you can grab hold of the hope that's in him and your life can be changed. 
And when the light hits you, it's shining straight into the world so you can live for his glory. Are you tired of living life in the dark? Do you want to live life in the light? Will you trade sin um, in darkness tonight for light of Christ tonight? Will you turn to the light? Will you turn from your sin and yourself that separates you from a holy God and run to Jesus? Will you trust him for salvation tonight? Will you let him change you? Will you let him change you? Um, I want you to bow your heads and I want you to close your eyes as we wrap up. Bailey and the band's going to come out. And we're just going to have a time of invitation and response. Very simple truth tonight. Jesus is light. And you can follow Jesus. Because he wants to lead you out of darkness and he wants to lead you into light. Will you trust him? Will you trust him tonight? There are many in this room that still need to come to faith in Christ because God is drawing you. And you've just been holding on. You've been resisting. And you know he's drawing you. You know he's calling you to trust him. Um, and tonight's the night for you. So with your heads bowed and your eyes closed, I just want to ask you this tonight. Would you be brave enough to slip up your hand and say, Todd, I know I don't know Jesus. I need him tonight. I need the light of Christ in my life. Would anyone just slip their hand up and say, that's me? Anyone? Several hands all over the room. Anyone else? Yeah, thank you very much. Thank you. Anyone else? Thank you very much. Anyone else? Several all around the room said, I need Christ. I need life in Christ. And so in a moment, we're going to stand, we're going to sing, and have a time of response. So the invitation is to hope. The invitation is to Christ. And all you have to do is slip out, come forward. Um, listen, it's, it's not, uh, this is not uh, easy believism, right? It's not just, I, I'm going to go do this and everything's going to be right. No, you're giving your life to Christ tonight. And you say, I want, the, I want the light of Christ. I want the hope of Christ. I want to give my life to Jesus. I want to live for him. And so it's not coming down and saying some words. It's you giving your heart and your life to him. So if that's you tonight, in a moment when we stand and sing, I don't want you to hesitate. I don't want you to wait. I want you to come on. I'm going to ask for another group in the room to raise their hands. Is there anyone to raise their hand in the room and say, Todd, you know what? To be honest, I just don't know if I belong to the Lord. Maybe because there's no evidence in my life. Would you slip your hand up and say, that's me. I, I just don't know. And it's okay not to know. Thank you. Hands all around the room. Hands all around the room. You can put your hands down. So tonight, um, you can be sure of your salvation. If you need Jesus and you're just not sure, listen, we have people who want to help uh, walk through that with you, sort that out. So we want you to come. Don't hesitate. Don't wait. Don't be embarrassed. Listen, that was my story. I lived a life up until I was 15. I'd been in the church starting at 11, and, and I just looked like a Christian kid. And I'd kind of responded when I was younger, but I didn't have Jesus. And I was worried about what people would think. Listen, don't worry about what people think, and don't let that keep you from doing what the Lord is calling you to do. You respond tonight. So if you're here tonight, and you don't know Jesus, or you just don't, or you're not sure that you know Jesus, tonight's your night. You can, you can give your life to Christ. You can have hope in Him. You can make that commitment right now. Right now, you can come. You can give your heart to Christ. You can say yes to Jesus.
So you come when we stand in just a moment. I'm going to pray for you. We're going to stand. We're going to sing. And you respond to the Lord's invitation to hope tonight, to life in him, for forgiveness of sins. You respond. You come. Father, thanks for this time you've given us. God, you're a great God, and we love you. And we commit this time of response to you. God, I pray there wouldn't be anything in this room that would hold us back from responding to how you're leading tonight. And so, God, as soon as we stand, I pray that you would give these students that have raised their hand boldness to respond to you. God, thank you for what you're going to do in this place. Thank you that you love us and you give us an opportunity to have the light of Christ in our lives. We commit this time of response in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening.